Hey everybody, welcome to episode 22 of Life with Fire podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Montai, and boy do we have a timely episode for you today. We are talking with Reva Duncan from the Grassroots Wildland Firefighter Coalition. She is going to talk to us about the infrastructure bill that was passed into law by President Biden today, and which included a bunch of really supportive and helpful provisions for the wildland firefighter community. So I recorded this episode last week. I was going to hold off on posting it because we did post another episode yesterday morning. But because it is pretty timely, I figured I would get it up as soon as I could. So our guest today is Reva Duncan, as I mentioned, total badass, kind of a fire world legend, I would argue. And I'm really happy that I was able to get her on the podcast. And I do hope to maybe get her on in the future to talk about some other topics. Um, in this episode, we did talk about the infrastructure bill and kind of what the provisions looked like, uh, and especially those that affect wildland firefighters. But towards the end of the episode, we also had a chance to talk about some challenges that women in fire face, uh, namely in starting families, keeping qualifications, and occasionally facing some pushback for wanting to start families. Um, it's difficult to start a family in wildland fire and stay on the line, and a lot of women end up uh, leaving the career once those decisions kind of start happening. So we chatted a little bit about that. Uh, Reva had a lot of really great insight into the infrastructure bill, answers a lot of the common questions that they've had, and generally just provides some really good context for wildland firefighters and what kind of changes they can expect to see on the ground over the next year or two. All that being said, we'll include a link to the Grassroots Wildland Firefighter Coalition's website, and they have a few ways that you can help out uh, listed over there. And I think that's all I've got for right now. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm Reva Duncan. Uh, currently, I'm the Executive Secretary of Grassroots Wildland Firefighters. I spent over 31 years uh, working for the U.S. Forest Service, retired last December, um, worked in five different Forest Service regions, seven different national forests from coast to coast and in the middle. Um, background experience on uh, Type 2IA crews, hotshot crew engines, a little bit of hell attack fuels. Um, and then when I retired, I had worked my way up to um, forest fire chief or fire staff officer on the Umpqua National Forest in Oregon. Oh, and I got to grassroots. I was, you know, I had seen, heard about them and seen what they were doing before I retired. And I was also advocating for some of those reforms. And um, after I retired, they reached out to me and asked me to join the team. and. Uh, the rest is history. The reason I am talking to you today is to get a little bit of a rundown on the infrastructure bill. Um, can you tell me a bit about kind of the wins of the infrastructure bill in your opinion? Yeah, um, and there are a lot of questions out there and we've tried to put summary on the grassroots website and some FAQs. Um, so trying to direct people there, but um, the, you know, the big highlights, and I've got all my notes in front of me because I want to make sure I give the right information, right, mm -hmm. is, um, you know, a unique classification, uh, wildland firefighter classification, um, a salary raise, uh, $20,000 or 50%. And what we learned from him last night, because we didn't even realize this, is the language in the bill said October, by October 1st. And even though it was 
passed as legislation after that date, it still is in effect. So it has to be whenever the agencies get around to actually doing this pay raise, it'll be retroactive back to October 1st, right? So people should start hopefully hearing and seeing things about what this is going to look like. Another great thing about that is it's base pay raise. It's not a bonus. It's not a short-term one-time. And so the good thing about that is it counts towards retirement. It counts towards when you're putting money um, into your TSP. So this is a base raise, again, in perpetuity, that has huge implications by, like I said, retirement thrift savings plan. Um, <clears throat> the classification part, you know, they've given OPM a deadline as well to work with the agencies. Uh, OPM has not been great about meeting past deadlines, um, but the legislators will keep the heat on them. And they said, you know, that the employees also need to do so. And groups like ours and other groups that have been, you know, advocating for change need to keep the pressure on for that. We don't know, we don't know who all will be added into that series, right? So in our talks with, because we talk monthly with um, high level fire managers in the Forest Service and the DOI agencies and the Office of Wildland Fire. And so, you know, we've been on a monthly calls to support what we're doing, which is great. But, you know, they, I think they wanna make it as all encompassing as they can. Um, OPM is going to push back. We saw OPM's uh, comments on the Tim Hart Act. And so we kind of know what we're up against with OPM. That's nothing new. You know, what is the, OPM? Sorry, Office of Personnel Management. Oh, okay, okay. So they're the ones, you know, they're like the big giant HR for all the federal agencies. Mm -hmm. um, so they're the ones that will have to uh, work with developing, you know, a new series and position descriptions. So, um, so it's going to be a big job, right? That's going to be a big job, but that's coming. That has implications of not just, you know, the recognition that we're wildland firefighters slash first responders, but we all know the difficulties with um, when people get injured or sick on the job and how hard it is to prove that you know, it was a line of duty or is in the course of their, of their employment, especially an illness. Um, so just being recognized as wildland firefighters, as first responders should make that a little bit easier, right? So that, that's pretty big there. Um, all of this money goes into, like I said, base pay. And um, when we get overtime or H pay on a, a wildland fire incident, you know, that comes out of the suppression budget. So that money will still come out of the suppression budget, you know, and, and the staffer told us that money, there's enough money in there for everybody. Uh, and this does include temporaries. That's been a big question. The way the language was crafted inside the, um, in the bill is a little confusing, but he cleared that up for us that that includes temporaries too. So it's not just for permanents, it's for temporaries as well. I'll stop there and see if you have questions. <laughs> that was awesome. That was a great rundown. Um, yeah, it was cool to see sort of the baseline, like pay, raise, and then classification change. That was great to see. Um, you know, I was uh, a big question that I got. I put, I posed this. You know, I, I just said, you know, I'm talking to Reva tomorrow morning. I posed this to my Instagram followers. A lot of them were wondering um, if it's going to 
which I, I believe it will, it's supporting more full-time positions to retain people. And it seems like those full-time positions are gonna be geared towards mitigation work um, in the off season. And it said no less than a thousand. So that, that was right, right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, uh, awesome. Yeah, converting um, a thousand temporary positions to permanent. Okay, gotcha. And do you think that it will sort of meaningly increase our prescribed work or prescribed fire workforce? I don't know if you're comfortable commenting on like the sort of mitigation and prevention and prescribed fire side of things, but a lot of folks were asking, you know, is this going to actually make any difference on the ground in anything other than suppression? So do you have any any insight on that? You know, there's language in there about restoration, about, um, you know, fuels prescribed fire. Um, again, to combat climate change, right? A lot of this in here was about climate change and, and effects on infrastructure. So there's money, there's money from this to be allocated to boost up those programs. You know, and what we've been saying all along is if you don't increase the workforce, you know, because it's the same group of people doing the suppression work and the fuels work, and sometimes uh, they need to be happening at the same time. So, you know, we're trying to educate about those kinds of things, but also, you know, what we're concerned about is we've got to get projects through the environmental analysis, right? It's it's not just it's not just implementing, right? So we to be able to uh, tackle this problem and get more good fire on the ground and get more uh, prescribed fire projects and mechanical thinning, we have to go through the National Environmental Policy Act, NEPA, right? And all of our coworkers that we work with in the land management agencies, the wildlife biologists, the archaeologists, the foresters, the engineers, you know, they all do the planning piece um, along with some fire folks as well when they're fire projects. But, you know, they do all that work to prepare projects to get through NEPA so that then we can implement them. And we all know, you know this, Amanda, those of us inside the agencies know that that workforce has also taken a big hit over the last several years. There are fewer of those folks. They're zoned now. They have a lot more work to do that covers a lot bigger area than it used to. And so they need help too. And so we're hoping that um, that recognition helps boost up the ologists and the specialists who are really critical in getting these projects to the point where then the fire folks can take them and implement them. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's really good context because I had seen, of course, that there was a $500 million provision for more prescribed fire work and all of this. But, you know, I was curious, like what that might actually look like in practice. Um, another question that I had was, would somebody need to reapply in order to get their pay raise? Or is this just going to be, okay, I, I figured as much, but that was a question that I got as well that I was like, oh, I might as well just mention that really quick. Um, yeah, and, and also people are asking about, because in there it says with the new series that people can choose to stay in their current series, so in the forestry technician series, or move into the new series when it's developed. Now, I, I've, I'm assuming very few people would stay in the forestry technician series, right? Um, but it at least gives people a choice. And then if they vacate that position, then behind them, it will convert to the new series. Or if they move into a new position, that'll be in the new series. Gotcha, awesome. So I am curious, I, I know you guys did a lot of work in getting this kind of off the ground and getting this in front of in front of important people's, you know, on their desks, basically. I'm curious if anything got kind of killed along the way. Was there, was there, were there parts of this bill that you had wanted to see kind of make it to the end zone, but it didn't, but you know, they were maybe cutting things as you went. Were there things that you maybe hope to address in the future? 
um, that were cut from this bill? Like, I don't know, is there anything in that nature? No, I mean, well, we knew that this bill would not be all encompassing, right? We knew that, we knew it was a good start and um, there's give and take, right? There's compromise. Um, but we were really happy with uh, the language that was in there initially before, you know, when it was still the house or sorry, when it was the Senate, you know, and then got to the house and then we all know the controversy with a certain elected officials being concerned about the overall price tag. So we knew they were cutting things, right? And we were really pleased that none of the original stuff got cut out of this bill. So it was pretty intact from how it started. That's great. And what does this process look like? Like, how did you get it on these folks' desks? You know, what does that process really look like in terms of getting it in front of the people that you needed to get it in front of? Right. Well, we were really fortunate that, um, you know, it's gained a lot of traction, right? And we've had great journalists, like you said, elevating and daylighting these issues. And so that was pretty critical. And then we just did the old fashioned, you know, reaching out, um, sending emails, contacting, calling um, different staffers. Um, we have, we have a, you know, a great guy who's a former wildland firefighter and now has his own consulting business and he specializes in leg legislative things, Johnny Golden. And he's fantastic. I mean, he knows how to navigate, right? And um, he knows how things work. And we also have another anonymous member of Grassroots who before he became a wildland firefighter was a staffer back East for um, a local, you know, one of his local elected officials. Um, so that's been really valuable figuring out how to navigate that. Like, right, it's not, you know, it's not something you just figure out. And then Michelle Hart, you know, has been great because she also has a background um, working with elected officials. She also knew how to kind of navigate and, and that. So that put us on, put us on some good track. And then um, as we got, as we met with these folks, they liked what we had to say. They liked that we ourselves, you know, our current and former wildland firefighters, you know, so they, they understood and saw that we could clarify things for them. We could explain things to them that maybe seem a little wonky or, you know, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird culture, right? So they started seeing the value that we bring with that and, and how professional we are and, and um, that we also have the ear of the folks on the ground. So it just really became a, a, a good, good relationship, um, both sides. How long has the organization been around? It's only really been like three years, if I can, maybe two? 2019, it was wow. registered as a um, 5013C nonprofit. And um, Kelly, Lucas, and um, uh, I don't know if he wants to be anonymous or not, so I don't say his name, but another person met at the um, cohesive strategy meeting back East and just started talking about, you know, all the issues and all the problems. And, and they just said, well, let's start a little organization and let's tackle it. So pretty incredible, pretty incredible, you know, how, how quickly that thing got established and how much we've been able to accomplish. Right. And I, I just love that you you now see the importance of it. You now see like just how critical it was to have this as a sort of like, you know, a place where folks can learn a little bit more and and you're like, how did we go this long without this? You know, it right. makes so much sense to have this sort of organization uh, to do what you guys are doing. So it's really cool to see that it's really taking off. And the amount of I mean, I feel like I was pretty in tune with how much with fire writing, you know, before, especially when I was a hotshot, I was I feel like I was pretty in tune with with what was being written about fire and mm -hmm. the amount of journalism and reportage about fire has just exponentially increased the last two years like so much 
so many times I've thought, man, that story that needs, this story really needs to get written or like something that I came up with when I, you know, back in 2019, when I would hear somebody talking about how hard it is to get um, compensated for an injury or to get, you know, their bills covered or anything like that. I'm like, man, that's a story that needs to get written. And then yesterday I just read this like incredible reportage about that exact issue, well-reported, accurate, um, you know, talk to wildland firefighters that are working on the ground that have had to deal with this. And I'm like, it's so cool to see. And I really feel like you guys are a huge part of making that happen in terms of just getting the word out and, and having, having NBC cover you guys and this and that. And uh, so, yeah, that all to say, I, I really appreciate your guys' work. A lot of the comments I've been getting, of course, about, about you coming on the show have been to say thank you because you're awesome. Um, <laughs> and with that said, I'm curious what you guys have planned for the future. Do you guys have any, any big plans? Um, I know you can probably not talk, you know, super detailed about what you have going on, but. Yeah, and I, I, I do, because I think this is an important question we're getting as well. Um, let me go back just a little bit and then I'll answer that question. Yep. Um, in the infrastructure bill where it talks about people will get the pay raise who are in hard to recruit and retain locations, right? So our vision has always been that's widespread across the United States. We know that the focus is often on California and the West, but we know from our contacts and from our colleagues, they're struggling to recruit and retain region eight, region nine, right? And um, we also know that the fire problem isn't limited just to the West. Um, so our, our vision is it's across the board and we will advocate for that. But also the staffer we were talking to last night said, that is Senator Manchin's vision and the other co-sponsors. And they have made that very clear to the federal agencies to just make it widespread, just make it across the board. It will be up to the agencies, but that seems to be a no brainer. And hopefully they'll do that because we know what will happen. You know, then we'll have people leaving and going to the more expensive places because again, it counts towards retirement. These aren't just, it isn't just your current living wage mm -hmm. and the trade-off of living in an expensive place, but these, this, this is a huge thing that has long-term benefits for folks. So kind of a no brainer, but that's what we're hoping. And so we're, we're gonna keep the pressure on for that. Awesome, thank you for clarifying that. That was another question that was on my little list of, of Instagram questions. It was my last one and I like totally blanked and didn't look at it. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Um, but what we're, what we're doing next, you know, we're gonna keep, um, you know, like I said, it's not over just because the infrastructure bill passed. There's work to do. We will offer up our services to the agencies, you know, and as subject matter experts, we'll continue to do that. Um, you know, but we also need to keep pushing for Tim's Act, right? And um, the Wildland Firefighter Classification and Pay Parity Act, because right now that's just been that's a that's a House-sponsored bill. Um, the chances of it getting actually through committee and into law um, is much better if we can have a companion bill on the Senate side. Um, so we're working with um, again elected officials. Uh, that will be up to the, the original sponsors of the bill, um, uh, Representative Nagus, Representative Porter, and Representative Cheney, mm -hmm. to seek out, you know, senators who wish to have put together a companion bill. That's what happened with the infrastructure bill, right? That's that's again, this is stuff I'm learning too. Uh -huh. So that's what we're trying to do now. Um, we're, we're we've got people making phone calls and checking in and and learning what our role should or shouldn't be in that. Um, you know, where we can help again. And so um, we're, we're 
we're working with them to try and seek those co-sponsors because that really is important to, again, get this moving forward and hopefully into law. So that's kind of our focus right now. Um, you know, we're also looking at what the agencies are starting to do now with, um, you know, the Forest Service is trying to overhaul their EAP, Employee Assistance Plan, you know, and we've been talking to some of the folks involved with that. They've been seeking out some of our advice on some of that, what that might look like. You know, so there's, there's a lot of work still going on behind the scenes that we're doing. Yeah, and that kind of almost answers the next question I had, which is, do you guys have a pretty decent working relationship with these federal agencies? We really do. And um, we're really, I think, um, you know, Kelly, Kelly Martin, our president, and me being at our levels, you know, we had, we knew a lot of these folks. So they knew us, they, you know, they trust us. Um, and then when Bill Avey was the acting fire director for the Forest Service, you know, he was a huge proponent of the work we were doing. So he was supportive and he even brought more of his staff in um, from the Forest Service side to some of these phone calls that we have. And we've had every DOI agency, like high fire directors and Office of Wildland Fire on these calls with us. And they realized that, you know, it's easy, well, it's easy for everybody to blame upper management and say they don't care, right? There's a lot of people at very high levels who really do care. They understand that we've been able to do things that they can't, right? The restrictions of your employment or your time or your company or whatever. And so they really support what we're trying to do. And we wanna have that respectful relationship with each other because we can't, we can't do this in an adversarial way, right? Mm -hmm. so there are some really good people in these agencies who really believe in these changes, who some of them were fighting internally for this for 20 years, right? And so, that's, that's another good thing. That's, that's goodwill that will um, help move all of this forward in a, in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is a little off the wall, but I just, I do appreciate that you and Kelly are kind of leading this, you know, of course, Luke is in there. And of course you have a couple, you know, Johnny, but I appreciate like the, the influence of women who have been in this job for years, decades, <laughs> and and what that might mean for like just simply the way that you guys go about things do you think that changes the dynamic at all you know I'm, I'm sure over the course of your career being a woman maybe maybe that did change the dynamic of certain environments that you worked in but I'm curious if it's doing similar work here especially with you and Kelly Martin being involved so heavily I think it does because you know we've talked about like some of the language in in Tim's bill about the break in service uh, under the first retirement system. And so we lose a lot of women in wildland fire um, because they wanna start a family. And a lot of them have the intention of staying in their job, right? They wanna stay in, a, in fire and start a family. And it, it sounds easier than it is as we know. And so Kelly and I have friends who have lost their firefighter retirement, right? who have taken non-fire jobs. So we've lost these great employees in the fire organization. And so I think she and I have been able to kind of daylight that as you know, one of many other issues that also can be addressed. Um, and so, you know, I, I do think, and we've, you know, we've had some of the media talk to us about, you know, being a woman and getting this far and everything. But I, I just think, like you said, it, it first of all, it shows that there are women in wildland fire because a lot of people still think there aren't, right? <laughs> and, 
And so, and I think it shows some of the younger women that you can get up to the level that Kelly and I were both able to get up to. So I, I, that's what I like about it. And like I said, daylighting some of those specific issues. Absolutely, which don't get nearly enough attention. And that's another story that I personally, I kind of do want to write this one myself, uh, just simply about how difficult it is it's an either or decision essentially when you want to have kids in fire and it really does it did just does come down to the socially accepted amounts of time women are allowed to spend away from their kids versus men and like exactly. i don't know and so i'm curious kind of this is again off the wall i wasn't planning on talking about this yet but um and by saying yet i mean i wanted to get you on the show another time to talk about this sort of genre of questions but um mm -hmm. I'm curious what that would look like in terms of actual policy change. Like what would it look like to be able to retain more women, especially women who wanna have children or start a family? Yeah, I mean, we all know that, you know, diversity is valuable um, and not just gender diversity, not just racial diversity, diversity from people growing up in a city versus a rural part of America, you know, geographically, or maybe your, your background and your culture that you bring, you know, and, and, and getting those, getting those different thoughts and, and things that people think of that are nuggets, but they, they bring that from a place where they've been. So um, we really hope that <clears throat> these kind of changes will uh, allow more women to stay in wildland fire, to move up into management positions, not lose them out of it, and then encourage other groups to do that as well. And, you know, I remember when I worked in Utah years ago and our attack foreman, um, his wife had a baby, she was BLM, uh, but they didn't have, her office didn't have, you know, she couldn't take her child to work. But our office did uh, on the Forest Service side. And so her husband, because it was off season, brought the baby to work for six months. And there were people like, whoa, 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 you, well, you can't do that. <laughs> Why? Just because I'm a guy, you know? And he, and it wasn't a big, strong pushback. It was just the cultural kind of attitudes. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really awesome that that kind of woke people up that a guy can do that too, you know? Mm -hmm. And like you said, I'm sure he got much bigger pats on the back. Oh, what a great dad than a woman who would do that. <laughs> but, but, you know, so there's all kinds of things. And we know that a lot of, you know, the easy answer is when someone gets injured, or for example, if a woman wants to start a family, oh, just work in dispatch. You know, and for, for people with small children or a, or a baby, dispatch is long freaking hours too. I mean, they're working 12 and 16 hour days as well and seven days a week and, you know, and so that's not the easy button and the easy answer. Oh, just go work in dispatch. That's kind of a bullshit, you know, push, push the problem off to the side. Um, so we've, we've got to figure out ways that we can get the work done, but also keep these awesome employees in the work, in the job, get them through that. So, and not affect their calls, not affect their viability, you know, to compete for jobs. Um, because we know that's a stigma as well. Oh, they've got a kid now. They're not going to be able to go on this role or whatever. So we're mm -hmm. trying to overcome a lot of that. Um, well, is there, my last question is just simply, is there any sort of meaningful legitimate way that people can get really involved with uh with grassroots or with this legislation or just simply kind of with the fight here <laughs> yeah i think right now the push is um you know reach out we're we've got a really easy way now um we constantly updating our website because we want to make it as easy on people as possible in contacting their elected officials 
you don't even know how, you don't even know need to know who yours are. If you go to our website, get involved. Um, we've got it all filled out just by your zip code. Then we know who who that goes to, who an automatic email goes to. And we've got a standard canned, you know, um, message in there. And it's really about Tim's act right now. Um, and people can add more to that. But we really, again, we need that sponsorship in the Senate. So really encouraging folks to ask their senators to support or think about co-sponsoring this as a Senate bill. Um, I just did that yesterday, right? So, um, so that's what we're asking people to do. We've, we've got to show the elected officials that this is important um, and that we really want their support with it. I mean, it's so white hat. I don't know why anybody wouldn't support it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and if it's just simply put in front of them, like with even with these canned responses, like it's going to, it, it, I don't know, just to get it on the radar is important. Yeah. yeah, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? So we wanna we wanna make some noise. Right. So whether it takes five minutes to fill out that form and send the canned email, or maybe fifteen minutes to make it personalized, is it editable? Um, the canned message isn't editable, but then people can add extra language. Oh, beautiful. Okay. To add personal remarks in there. Awesome. So yeah, and that's always super helpful um, just to get things kind of in, just to personalize things for sure. Yeah, right. Um, anything else that you wanted to add before we take off here? Uh, let me look at my notes. I made some highlights of things I wanted to make sure we got over, got through. Um, the legislation is really trying to make sure that the way they wrote it, that the money goes where it's supposed to go, that they can't divert the funds to other things, which we all know maybe not everybody knows, but that's very common. <laughs> common. And so they've tried to really make it so it can't, that can't be done. Um, everyone gets, you know, a boost. We, everyone to an extent, again, they've got to identify how far up this current one goes, right? Um, but certainly it'll be at least the modules, the suppression resources, right? Um, the actual firefighters. And um, yeah, so... Yeah, we're gonna schedule our our November uh, public monthly update meeting. We haven't scheduled it yet. It's you know trying to work around the holidays, and that's another good time for us to get information out. People can ask us questions and give updates on where we are with everything. So, just people just follow our Instagram, follow our Facebook. We're on Twitter, so you know all our socials. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll link to all that. I'll also link to Tim's bill. And uh, probably when I edit it, I'll mention that I'm talking to Michelle soon because I am. I'm talking to Michelle tomorrow. Awesome. Very excited. She's amazing. We have been so fortunate <clears throat> that she has brought her passion and her experience. Like I said, she was a lobbyist um, to help. She was really instrumental um, with getting Tim's act going. Oh, that's incredible. I, I didn't know she was a lobbyist. I'm really excited to chat with her. Yeah. Um, she was previously, not, not currently, but you know, she's got all, she knows how to navigate her way through. Which is so clutch. Cause I don't know Jack diddly shit about right. any of that. And she's got the year of, you know, the chief of the forest service and secretary Vilsack and um, Randy Moore. I mean, they, she has established a relationship with them and they, they are listening. So it's huge. All right, folks, that's what we've got for you today. I appreciate you listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with somebody else that you think might also enjoy it. Uh, you can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. 
You can leave us a review on Apple. That would be super cool because algorithms like reviews. Or if you really like what you're hearing, you can donate to our Patreon, which I will link to in our show notes. Uh, We have tiers from $3 a month to $20 a month. And seeing as this podcast is kind of becoming my full-time job, I would love your support, your financial support to continue this project and continue building on the quality, building on the content itself, and really building the community that I envisioned when I started this podcast last year. So we appreciate any and all support. And thanks again for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.